0: Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.
1: G'day, I'm Kevin Hillier, and welcome to another edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. With thanks, of course, to the Wyndham City Council and, of course, the Committee for Wyndham. Now, in this episode of the podcast, we're talking to Catherine Valicia and also to Neil Salvador. Now, Catherine, of course, is the Managing Director of Valicia Farms, uh, one of the pioneering families in the Werribee South area. we are talking about uh, the effects of the coronavirus uh, in the Werribee South area and uh, what they've had to do and the adjustments they've had to make and whether it's business as normal and what business looks like uh, in these times at the moment. And also talking to Neil Salvador, who uh, runs Valicia Education Group, uh, and we'll be talking about some of the uh, the programs that are in place there. So uh, some fascinating stuff coming up uh, in this uh, podcast. Also, of course, I want to do... Uh, once again mention uh, the council who have been doing such a terrific job in, uh, in letting us know what's going on in our city, what's available in our city, what we can and can't do, uh, the things that are open and aren't open. And if you have any doubts at all, uh, and also if you're just struggling and just want to uh, you know, have a chat, they've uh, set up a, a check-in and chat line. It's a free phone chat service to help you stay connected with what's going on in the city. You might feel a little kind of uh, ostracised or um, detached from it all. Well, you only have to pick up the phone and you can feel attached once again, 97420777, 97420777. Check out the, uh, the website as well. That's windham.vic.gov.au slash check in and chat. And one of the council initiatives that they brought in uh, during this uh, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 uh, crisis that we're going through and another one that uh, is being well received and, uh, uh, you know, a tick in the box to the council for the uh, the great job they're doing. Check out the website as I said, windham.vic.gov.au, and the windhamtogether.com website as well, with some ideas uh, just to get you out and about and get you moving and making you feel better about what's going on in the world at the moment because it's it's pretty tough times for all of us. Now, as I mentioned in this podcast, we're going to head to Werribee South. Let's do it right now. Catherine, thanks so much for joining us here on the uh, Talking Wyndham podcast. We appreciate your time. How are things going down there in Werribee South?
0: Uh, very good, actually. We're probably one of the lucky industries. Well, not probably. We are one of the lucky industries at the moment. Um, obviously, being classed as an essential industry, that's allowed us all to keep going. And um, demand from a fresh produce perspective is, is you know, quite steady and strong. So... All in all, we've got very little to complain about.
1: Um, has it had an impact? Uh, and tell us what impact it has had on uh, on the industry so far.
0: Uh, obviously, it's, it's you know we've had different um, procedures and compliance issues that we've had to work through, and changes around that, and and also so obviously a lot of workers um, and employees are feeling somewhat vulnerable um, with the virus being around. So we've So there's been that level of, you know, implementation around processes and we've split working groups. Um, We've done a bit of working from home with some of our key employees and the leadership team. We've upped our washings and sanitizing, et cetera. Um, From a production point of view, we had that one week where I think everyone went a little bit mad. (laughs) (laughs) a bit of panic buying, um, but there was never really a supply issue. So, you know, we're just doing what we do, really.
1: Must have been frustrating from uh, your point of view to see what happened uh, in our supermarkets and for you to be sitting back on the farm there going, well, actually, you know, there's not a problem with uh, uh, the produce. It's going to be fine. It's still here.
0: Uh, it was frustrating, but it's also understandable. I, I must admit there was a few moments when I went into a supermarket and saw an empty shelf or something and thought I'd better get two of it. So <laughs> I think it's just human nature really. And um, what was happening was, yeah, you know, you, you went in and there was only two cauliflowers there. So you thought I'd take two even when you were only going to get one and that just kept kind of escalating for the week. But, then, you know, that, that we're not seeing anything like that at all. And I think it was just, it was a self-perpetuating cycle because, the less doctor was there, the more people wanted it. So now that there's plenty, everyone's, you know, it's settled down quite a bit. Yeah.
1: Um, the Valisha name has been around uh, Warruby South and around the farming industry since, you know, the early 60s and stuff. Uh, and obviously, the family's never seen anything like this, I wouldn't imagine, beforehand.
0: Well, actually, it's a little bit interesting. The, the whole reason our family became vegetable farmers was that uh, my grandfather and his brothers were actually dairy farmers. But then the war started and uh Takapunyo needed vegetables. So they changed their business model and they started growing vegetables. So oh. maybe maybe they maybe they did experience something similar. I'm not sure.
1: There you go. But they're certainly pioneers in uh in the Werby South area.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're one of the first families definitely to grow veggies. Uh,
1: and is the is the is there optimism around the uh the, the fruit and veggie industry at the moment that, you know, we're we're getting through this well?
0: I think um I think the best thing that's happened is Australia's always been very, uh, we've always been so spoilt with the availability of food, the cost of food, um, that I think we've been at times blasé and not had to put any sort of real thought into how much something costs to produce or, or input costs versus other countries, et cetera. So I think what this has really done from an industry point of view and from a policy point of view, it's created some awareness of how important it is to have a strong agriculture industry within your own country, not only from an economic point of view, but from a social point of view.
1: And I guess uh, that's going to reinforce the fact that we need it to be in Worribee South too because there's been a lot of push over many, many years now uh, and you would have seen it and your family certainly would have Mm -hmm. seen it to turn Worribee South into into something that it isn't right now.
0: Yeah, I think think in general um, this has probably been – for for us as an industry, a really good um wake up call even for us you know to really start valuing what we do and and for consumers to value what we do and to have farms so close to to where people are living i e wherever you south but even some of the other growing areas, you know pretty much a lot of food is grown within two hours of the cbd yep. and when stuff like this happens where you know roads are closed even though you know, logistics is still essential, but but just all of that stuff to be able to have the food store still so close, it gives such an um, agility to to the culture. So, yeah.
1: No, it's a, it's a good thing, I think, for the Ruby South uh, area. Now, tell me a little bit about the, uh, the Valicia Education Group.
0: Okay, so that's, I guess, Neil can maybe start with that.
1: Hello, right, Neil, welcome.
2: Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me here. Well, Catherine and I really started coincidentally. It was that. Um, Catherine had a lot of interest from various organisations internationally about conducting tours on her farm. And I was doing some compliance work with Catherine's business, Felicia Farms. And I also lecture at RMIT uh, as part of uh, the many things that I do. And Catherine and I started talking about uh, the lecturing and the the services that, that I offer. Uh, that combined with Catherine's interest, we thought it would be of great value to form a partnership and to deliver a number of training modules to various industries. So that was how the Leisure Education Group commenced.
1: All right. So what uh, what areas do you do you work in?
2: So I do a lot of work in employment and safety law uh, related to compliance. I do a lot of work with uh, a couple of other farmers here in Werribee South, but but also in various other industries. So. Uh, The principles remain the same. So what we've certainly found, our business has certainly found, is that there are many people that no one understands they need to comply with both employment and safety laws but really don't know what to do and find it quite problematic. So uh, again, talking with Catherine about the Belisha Farms business and the experiences that Catherine learnt as we evolved to make her business far more compliant we thought there was a real need for other businesses to, to follow suit, and that's how we've got together. So we offer a variety of different training programs, which includes safety and in employment law modules. Uh, we have interest from various organisations. We have interest from people overseas and also from uh, domestic business owners. So from that perspective, it's, uh, we certainly see a real need for it, particularly in the Wyndham area.
1: Uh, can we get a little more specific about uh, exactly what uh, what is offered? And, and I, I'm, I'm obviously gathering this is an online service.
0: Well, no. It, well, yes, everything is becoming an online service at the moment. Yeah. So, um, well, initially what, what we thought our real unique uh, value was that, so we use Felicia Farms and the packing facility and the farming facilities as a living, breathing case study for us to talk about the compliance. So we talk about you know, the law, the things that we've done in this business to help um, stay compliant and and keep safe and keep employees safe and business owners safe. And because we can use this in the past, what we've done is walked out, shown the shed, shown the process, shown the people. So the people that really, um, really hands on approach, it, it's the blend of a lawyer with a business owner and obviously making that work so we live a lot of we spend a lot of time talking about that gray area where how you make compliance work for a business
1: and I guess I guess guess in some of that there there's some language that uh, that would confuse me and uh, and other people that you're able to actually break down into into understandable sort of uh, nuts and bolts
0: exactly and that's um, yeah and that's that's I guess where I come into it uh Neil 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 has the, the qualifications and really knows what we need to do but I'm able to say, well, this is how we did it and to simplify it because that's how it needs to be when you're running a business. Um, it needs to actually work because if you can't do it, then you won't do it. So that's kind of, I think that's the gift we give to business owners is we make it a tangible thing that they can actually do to protect themselves.
1: Neil, do you want to add anything to that?
2: Yeah, well, just specifically, there was a couple of you, you asked the question, Kevin. Of what specifically we do? So one one of the modules that we found, or certainly the participants found, uh, really quite interesting, was uh, the introduction of the mantle the Laws, which take take effect July one this year in Victoria. So there's a number of business owners that were really concerned about that, and and concerned about what they need to do and and what systems and processes they needed to put in place as quickly as possible. So Catherine and I delivered a number of programs around that. We, we were able to talk from a theoretical perspective, but more importantly, what we've done here at Felicia Farms to implement some of those safeguards. So again, as Catherine has said, we, we use the, the theory and the practice to show tangible benefits. So that was certainly one that we've got a lot of interest in. We've also had a number of people come through our training programs about managing COVID-19. What does it mean for employees, and how you manage that? What does that mean in terms of compliance with the Fair Work Act? So we've found a lot of people have got some benefit from attending those sessions as well.
0: And particularly, that's quite hard at the moment because uh, government isn't is clear, but isn't as as specific about certain things. So you know. Yeah. We get to learn with the group and talk out different different points of view and different ways in which you can be compliant and keep keep your workforce as safe as you can, or and also keeping yourself as safe as you can because it's uncharted waters for all of us. So you know, it's it's a great learning open forum for discussion because you know none of us really know what tomorrow holds or what we should do. So it, it, it's a great. It's this has been a really great. Um, I guess we can take any positives out of it. It's a really great way to kind of make changes in your business that might then particularly be fruitful down the track.
1: Ones that obviously is, is specific to this problem, but then actually go past that and into, into bigger picture stuff.
2: Yeah, most, most definitely. We, we've certainly found, Kevin, that uh, by, by being prepared and organised, this whole COVID-19 process for us, really and the management of people and employees and systems hasn't provided the, the level of complexity that I've certainly seen in other businesses and that's because we were discussing this eight weeks ago. We put strategies in place eight weeks ago. So we, we're really going through the process now with with relative ease and comfort. That's, that's certainly my perspective.
1: Risk management is something that's talked about a lot in business but often not acted upon.
0: Yeah, and I think it's not acted upon, not because people don't want to act upon, but people are scared and and when you don't have a lot of information or you don't have a lot of support, it's sometimes you're almost um I guess retarded by the fear. So it's you just don't do anything. Yeah. But you know, as I've learned through this process and with Neil's help and hence why we wanted to do it what well my driving force was once you kind of start learning and, and there's some really easy fixes to things and it builds some confidence and it builds some momentum and then and then you're happier to look at other things. And then as you do that, you know, you become more comfortable and, and competent and, and you reach out and you learn more. So definitely that's what was the driving force for me to start this was I was a business owner that probably was frozen a little bit around certain things because, you know, it just seems like sometimes in your head that things are too big. But with a little bit of right guidance and, and a couple of processes and, you know, even just having someone there to to talk honestly about. And I think that's the other thing that we really do um, we pride ourselves on with Felicia Education Group is we have we have real conversations. We talk about the things that go wrong also, or the things that are hard, or you know, the losses, not just all the wins. So it's definitely um, it's de- it's definitely not a a, a, um, a shiny reflection of business. It's a very true, real about how to be a safer more
1: functional business a, a warts and all approach which i, I think's the uh the whereby the south is built on warts and all and no uh the <laughs> the, the bs uh, the bs meter goes off pretty quick uh, down in whereby south i've found that <laughs> over the over the years neil is 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 that been the biggest kind of hurdle to to get over is is okay this is real we're we're not we're not talking gobbledygook to you we're talking uh, what ha- actually happens in your backyard
2: And that's that's exactly right. And and the beauty about what we do, the Leisure Education Group, is, Kevin, we don't just sit in a a stand in a lecture room and and talk about the theories and the laws, but we actually take people out into the work environment and show them how we put these tangible systems in place. So as you said earlier about risk management, it is is an absolute, uh, I guess, tangible means in which we have minimised the risk in terms of compliance. So I think that is absolutely what makes us unique, that ability to be able to talk about it and then demonstrate it.
0: And obviously we'll be adapting that to an online um, module, but we still don't want to lose the essence of showing the workplace. So we will be taking um, the online streams and, and presentations out to the workplace still, because um, I think that's what the most, benefit. you know, when you can, when you can see it, kind of touch it, taste it—that's when you, you get the real learnings out of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the, there's textbook learning and there's practical learning, and if you've got a combination of both, I think you've got it—you've got it nutted.
2: Yes, yes. So that's certainly the feedback that we've got from uh, from those that have participated in our sessions too. So we think that that's the right model.
1: So tell us about the actual sessions in terms of how long, how you uh, how you uh, how people can uh, get involved in it, uh, how they contact you, all those sorts of details.
0: Okay, so. We've got a variety of different sessions, so um, if you go to the Valicia Farms website, which is valiciafarms dot com, there's an education section on that, and people can um, book online to different modules. At the moment, we're running the manslaughter legislation um, presentation, which covers all the all the rules and obligations for people regarding the manslaughter act and laws. And then we've also got the managing COVID nineteen. So that's you know about the things that we've done uh, to, like I said, it's unprecedented, but just the things that we've put into place to our business, the things that we're finding successful, the things we're struggling with and, you know, where we see this taking business and businesses and, and some of the benefits we see from changing the model slightly. And I think I think that's something we should all focus on too. I think we'll see a lot of good benefits for business if we um, implement some of these strategies.
1: As in long-term benefits?
0: Yeah, as in long-term benefits.
1: Okay. What's the, uh, what's the time commitment?
0: Uh, the, the presentations are an hour and a half and we also have a full day program.
1: We also, Kevin, there
2: are many organisations that would like us to do tailored programs to suit their individual needs. So we have some organisations, for instance, that uh, have supervisors and frontline managers that don't know a great deal about managing people under performance. So we tailor programs to suit their businesses as well.
0: We're more than happy to go out or we'll probably have phone conversations now yeah. and to help businesses tailor their own um, their own learnings that they need from us.
1: So what do you need to know from the businesses before you, you walk in so they can be prepared if they're listening to this now about what they what, what you'll ask them to have ready for, for for you for when you sit down and talk to them?
2: Well, specifically, we'll, we'll need to know how many people are in the business, the, the issues that they're dealing with, the employment relationships that exist within their business, uh, where there are specific needs that are required in terms of training and also gaps in processes and systems. Uh, Some people, Kevin, ask us to come in and do an assessment in terms of compliance. All right. Uh, So where where they sit with regards to Fair Work Act obligations with, with payments, for instance, where they sit from a basic OHS perspective, uh, so we've also gone in and, and adopted an approach of undertaking those assessments and then building programs around those gaps.
0: I think it's it's good. Um, it's What we've done is we've worked with a lot of teams. So sometimes it's it's easy for business owners or leaders to decide where they want the business to go from a theoretical point of view, but then to actually get the people on board and, and to understand it, the... Um, that's kind of where, where, where we sit also to, to work with team managers and operational people to so they get on board of any, you know, changes because it, it's got to be a full-team approach. It's not just um, someone in an office making the decision.
1: So the size of the workshops, is that is that limited uh, uh, to a number of people or is there a perfect number for well, you?
0: Uh, well, it was when we were doing it in, in class. Um, Eight to 12 was our perfect number, but now we're on a long online. I think there's a little bit more flexibility in that model, um, particularly if, if, someone, if they're all sitting in a room together. Yep. So, but I still think that 8 to 12 is a good number because it, it allows everyone to speak and you know, get involved and have a conversation where if you have too many people, it becomes a bit of a lecture,
1: which is not really what we do. No. And in terms of the industries that uh, would benefit from this?
2: Well, I mean, Kevin, if we think about the upcoming manslaughter legislation, the two pieces of criteria that are used there, anyone that has substantial operational or financial influence in a the business, they're, they're the people that we think are suitable for our programs. And that's what the legislation says as well.
0: So we really, I think every business can, can educate themselves around suppliers. Yep. I think too... Um, by knowing what you need to do or by knowing what the rules are, all of a sudden you're empowered and you've been given choice. And then and then it's up to you how you see your ship best with that choice. So I think that's where a lot of us just don't know what we don't know. And that's what we try to do. We try to bring to light some of the things that maybe business people, because you're so busy working in your business, aren't keeping across, you know, aren't ahead of.
1: Um, And obviously, there's uh, there's a follow up to this uh, after the thing. If if people have got questions, they can ring you after they've had a session with you and say, "Just one little thing, I want to ask you." It was
0: yeah, for sure. Like 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 I said, um, I really got involved with this was to help people, um, you know, navigate their way through compliance so that so they don't just put their head in the sand. And you know, inaction is very different to being disobedient, but the outcomes can be the same. So it's about helping people. Take some action to feel empowered, to feel in control. So, you know, we don't just come in and tell you what to do and leave. We're there for the long haul.
1: So, valenciafarms. is uh, is the website that uh, people should go to. That's where they can find out all the details they'll need to know in terms of contacts, and I can have a look at the uh, the actual presentations there and uh, and see uh, what they uh, what they can talk to you about. Yep. Perfect. Okay, that's really good, and and I I guess you must come across that thing where you mentioned the word compliance, and people's eyes rolls roll in their heads as if to go, "Oh, here we go."
0: (laughs) Oh, that's usually me. To be perfectly honest, hence why I felt like there's a need to to have a a real conversation around it because it's something that you, you, even though you want to ignore it, you can't ignore it, and particularly as a business business owner, uh, all you're doing is you're setting yourself up for some really bad results down the track. So. You
1: know, ignorance isn't bliss. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not in this case. Uh, Catherine uh, and Neil, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for, for sharing that information with us and uh, hopefully people jump on that website, valiciafarms.com, and uh, and get all the information they need. Uh, good luck. Thanks so much. Thank you, Stephen. Stay safe. Well, thanks to Catherine Valicia and also to Neil Salvador and uh, check out their website for all the details uh, that you need to know. About uh, what's going on in, in that area with the uh, the Valicia Farms Education Group. All righty, that uh, is another Talking Wyndham podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Once again, thanks to the Wyndham City Council. Don't forget that uh, check in and chat line is there. If you're just feeling uh, like you just need to have a, a talk to someone, that's what it's there for. 9742 0777 is that number. Uh, Wyndham.vic.gov.au slash check in and chat another initiative from the uh, from the Wyndham City Council, uh, which has been well received, and I'm sure uh, if you if you feel uh, the need, uh, you'll certainly take advantage of it. It's a free phone chat service to help you stay connected, so take advantage of that and make sure you check out the website. Keep in touch with each other, uh, stay safe, stay at home, uh, obey the rules as much as you possibly can uh, because uh, that's how we're going to get out of this thing uh, sooner rather than later. Until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier.
0: Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.